0: Somebody just shout a hallelujah. If you're online, just give me a hallelujah hands. God is great and greatly to be praised. Can I get a witness this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, welcome back to our second week of our four-week series. And if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Welcome. My name is Pastor Alicia, and I'm so glad that you decided to join us as we move forward in a four-week series entitled Discovering the Kingdom of God. Somebody say that with me. Discovering the Kingdom of God. And I'm excited about this series because the gospel of the kingdom of God is the gospel that Jesus preached, amen? We saw this last week when we discovered that the gospel of simply going to heaven when we die is only a small part of the vast life-giving gospel of God's kingdom. It's true that in Jesus we have forgiveness, Somebody say, thank you, Father God, for forgiveness. It's true that in Jesus, we have the promise of living with him forever in heaven, everlasting life. Somebody go ahead and give God praise and thanks this morning for everlasting life. It's wonderfully true. But the good news is even better than most of us know. God is not only concerned with getting us into heaven, but he is also, somebody say also, concerned with getting heaven into us. Oh, I need you to catch that this morning. What did I just say? I said, God is not only concerned with getting us into heaven, but he's concerned with getting heaven into Into us here and now. That's what the gospel of the kingdom of God is really all about. And that's what we'll be talking about this morning. So go ahead, if you haven't already, and hit that share button. If you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and share this with someone. This is a message that you want your loved ones to hear. Now last week, we focused on two key verses from the Sermon on the Mount. First, Jesus instructs us to pray in Matthew chapter six, verse 10, by way of review, let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what he instructs us to pray. But then second, Jesus helps us to set our priorities, somebody say priorities, for everyday living when he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. So you're all caught up, that's what we talked about on last week. So this is God's will for us. This is his desire. This is what he wants us to pray that his kingdom would break into our lives daily and remind us that we should align our priorities with the values of his kingdom now if you catch that then you've caught what we've taught so far in this series tell somebody align your priorities with the kingdom amen this week we're going to discover our identity as citizens in God's kingdom we're going to discover our identity the privileges And the responsibilities of being a part of this wonderful kingdom. And I think if we would just be realistic, no matter how long we've been saved, maybe if it was just a short time ago, or maybe it's been for a while, sometimes we just don't know all of our privileges. I'll be an example here. I'm an Amazon Prime subscriber. Can I get a witness, anybody in here this morning subscribed to Amazon Prime? Yes, ma'am, I am. I discovered quite some time ago that if I needed to order something, I wanted to get it in the shortest window possible and not pay shipping. And so I knew that the primary privilege, the primary benefit of me being an Amazon Prime member, come on, tell me if you know, Two days. (laughs) Now, I don't always get there in two days. But for the most part, two days is the promise that I was given of what I received as a privilege of being an Amazon Prime member. Now, here's the funny thing. I know, maybe you don't know, that there's probably a nice list of other things that I am entitled to as a result of being an Amazon Prime member. But I got so excited about the two-day shipping that quite frankly, even though I have been a member for many, many years, I couldn't tell you not one of the other things that I get with this membership. Maybe you can tell me in the comments. Maybe if you know, you can catch me after service and you can give me the cliff notes. I know it's some other stuff, but I don't know what it is. See. I think that as believers, we grab hold, we get so excited when we find out that because we're in the kingdom of God, that we are going to receive eternal life, that oftentimes we stop right there. Oftentimes we stop right at knowing that we have everlasting life. And we think to ourselves, this is wonderful. These are the privileges I receive as a child of God. But let me tell you on this morning, there's so much more. Somebody say, there's so much more. And that as we go through this series together, that you will begin to have a desire to go deeper, to have a desire to learn more about your benefit package. Tell somebody, I've got a benefit package as a child of God. Amen? Amen. And so as we discover that together, I think there's one good place that we can start. Turn your Bible, if you would, to the book of John, chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 3. Now, every born-again believer, every person who committed his or her life to Jesus is a part of God's kingdom. Every person. If you committed your life to Jesus, you are part of God's kingdom. And in a famous gospel passage, Jesus explains to Nicodemus, you ready? John 3, 3. Verily, I know it in the King James Version, verily, verily, but it says here in the New Living, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. No one. No one can see it unless he or she is born again. Now, he then repeats it in verses 5 through 6, and he says, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. This passage has many things to teach us, but let's make sure we get this straight away. No one attains, earns, or works for their place in God's kingdom. We are Born into it. Did you catch that? Come on, somebody. I need you to catch this. No one earns their way, works their way. We are born into the kingdom of God when we are born again. Somebody say, be born again. Amen. Be born again. And if we are born into God's kingdom, that means we are his children we're his children that's why to kind of decipher some of the the church language that you might hear when you hear someone greet one another as their sister or their brother that's because we're all god's children yes you are my sister yes you are my brother because we share our heavenly father and so this makes sense right The apostle John assures us that this is so when he writes to God's people in 1 John chapter 3. Turn there. He says in verse 1, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. See what great love? This... This also underscores that God's kingdom is no earthly kingdom. His kingdom is not of this world. Which means that when we are born into God's kingdom by grace, somebody say by grace, we must learn a new way to live. God's kingdom doesn't operate in the ways that Worldly kingdoms do. And so when you and I, when we become believers, when we become born again, that's why it becomes so important for us to stay connected to a Bible teaching ministry so that we can learn this new way to live. Now, as you saw in the, the sermon bumper, worldly kingdoms are based on things like like what? You 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 name some things to me that you know that worldly kingdoms the kingdoms of this world are based upon. Things like political power, things like military might as we're seeing play out even today. Things like wealth or beauty, or even intelligence all these things we are seeing and witnessing are what are valued in the world around us Hmm. but the values of god's kingdom are radically different and see these are things that are sometimes counterintuitive And if you do not make an intentional plan to be familiar with and learn and study the ways of God, you will go through this world calling yourself a child of God and not knowing all that you have inheritance of. So let's think about some of these values that are important in the kingdom of God. Love. Joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, did that list sound at all familiar to you? If it sounds familiar to you, Let me know where you know this list from. For the rest of you, these are the fruit of the Spirit. Somebody say fruit of the Spirit. And these are listed in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Now, Jesus taught his disciples that things like greatness and leadership and his kingdom flowed from humility and service, which are definitely not part of the value systems in worldly kingdoms. Think about it. Think about where we live, where we work and go to school. What values do these worldly systems tend to reward? Think about that for a second. Our political systems reward power and persuasion. Our business systems reward competition and wealth. Our society rewards celebrity and beauty. Now these things are not always evil in and of themselves, They're just not the things that God values. And they are not the way that God runs his kingdom. And wherever his people live, wherever his people work and go to school, his kingdom can be found, operating with a different set of values. And so what we have to become aware of is that oftentimes, we have confused heaven with the kingdom. Stay with me. Now, heaven we know is the place that we will receive our everlasting life. Heaven we know I will get there someday because Jesus paid this price. But in the meantime, heaven is breaking into the here and now. I believe that we have become so preoccupied with heaven when we should be looking for how God is bringing his kingdom on earth. In the sermon of the mount, Jesus taught us to pray, "Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth, somebody say on earth, as it is in heaven." So we know that Jesus is plainly teaching us that God's kingdom should be our highest priority. And that we should what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So if we are seeking the kingdom of God, and if we know that it's bigger than heaven, then we know that God is looking for us to bring it to pass here on earth. One note of explanation is is warranted here, though, because Matthew's gospel usually refers to the phrase as kingdom of heaven. And you can understand why many people have interpreted these words to mean heaven itself. But if you compare the kingdom of heaven passages in Matthew with the kingdom of God passages in Mark and Luke, it becomes clear that he's using this interchangeably and there's some support as to why the reason for these two phrases is one of demographics all right and so most bible scholars believe that matthew's gospel was written what for primarily a jewish audience and the jews of the first century were very careful about using god's name in vain And so they were very careful about using God's name or even the noun referring to God. Instead, they substituted heaven because everyone in the Hebrew nation understood that heaven was where God ruled on his throne. So Matthew's use of the kingdom of heaven is really a courtesy to his primary audience, which were the people of Israel. Do we understand? Somebody say, I understand. So the kingdom of God is the true context for discipleship. Say that with me. The kingdom of God is the true context for discipleship. Now, no serious student of Jesus ignores the teaching or demonstration of the kingdom. And yes, demonstration is the word that I use because Jesus explained his actions in terms of the kingdom of God. Healing, deliverance, feeding of the masses were all signs Of the kingdom of God. The world at this particular point longed for the rule and the reign of God to come to earth. They received their answer in the actions and teaching of Jesus. In his absence though, Jesus expects us to demonstrate and explain God's kingdom today. To be about the kingdom is to be about the father's business. Somebody say, be about your father's business. To be about the kingdom is to be about the father's business, doing his work here on earth. Perhaps one reason the church struggles in the area of spiritual formation is that we are not making disciples of the kingdom. In our enthusiasm over God's forgiveness and mercy we have overlooked his purposes and his plans. Everyone who trusts in God can expect to go to heaven but Jesus is far more that eternal reward. He wants us to join him in the family business. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's much more than just existing on this planet until we get to heaven. It's about until we get to heaven, joining him in his work, joining the family business. Receiving God's forgiveness and mercy as wonderful as they are, can keep us focused on ourselves. Amen? When we are focused on God's kingdom, we find ourselves immersed in his priorities. See, it's a mind shift. It's the mind of Christ. We're shifting our mind to me, myself, and I, and what I need and what my family needs and what I need to do. And we are shifting our minds on the things of God. We're shifting our minds to focus on doing his work. And as I shared with you last week, Hallelujah. I am a living witness and as you go about doing God's business, the things that you have been concerned about, the things that you did not have the ability to fix or control, God has a way of taking care of your business as you take care of his. Can I get any witnesses this morning? We have to focus on God's kingdom and find ourselves immersed in his priorities. And I feel like I'm kicking against the grain because I feel like many of you probably just clicked off right when you heard that because your priorities are so prominent in your mind. The concept of putting something else before that just seems un- not possible, not practical not achievable but I dare you to try that the word of God is true and as you would begin to just even if it seems illogical remember how we've been saying that when we begin to come into the word of God we have to learn his principles the values of the kingdom they're so different than the values that we've learned in the world the values that we've learned in the world tell us to get ours to get your hustle on, to to make sure that you do what you can do for you. And sometimes we have to deprogram ourselves. We have to remove those things from our minds in order to be able to inherit the things of God and to function in the kingdom of God. And so I'm challenging you this morning that we can do it. And I know it may seem uncomfortable, but we have to immerse ourselves in his priorities. Somebody say, immerse yourself in his priorities. Jesus is the king of an entirely different kingdom. A realm with another language, another way of life, a different culture. God isn't kidding when he says, That his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Listen to the beautiful words from Isaiah. Turn with me if you would at chapter 55. Verses 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts we are born into a realm that operates differently i need you to catch that this morning we are born into a realm that operates differently. Please stop trying to take what you learned in the world and make it applicable in the church. It operates differently. And just as newborn babes, we must learn the ways of God's kingdom. Think about that. Think about that when you were born into this world, When you've had children, when you've had nieces and nephews, when you've seen people that are born into this world, they have to learn everything. They have to learn how to walk. They have to learn how to talk. They have nothing. They they come with very little, and they have to learn depending on where they're born and what that culture is. They're going to not come learning one language if they're in a whole other country. We learn according to what we are absorbed and what we are taught. So I am challenging you. If you are born again, especially As you begin to begin your new journey or you begin to renew your journey, make sure you're careful about what is in your environment as you are learning as a new babe, as you are learning about how to operate in the kingdom of God. You want to be surrounded around people who are in the same culture. You want to be surrounded around, and I'm not talking about the same culture in the world's kingdom. Stay with me. But in the kingdom of God, other believers, other people who are following his word, other people who believe that God's word is true. Hmm. I think this is one reason so many Christians have difficulty finding traction in. Our spiritual lives because we're born again, but then we go back to what we're used to. We're born again, but then we just go back to the same habits and the same culture in the same ways. We must be born again and then be very intentional about learning how to live God's way. We have been born into another kingdom, but we are trying to live our lives by the value of the world's kingdom, and that will never work. The Apostle Paul took this new birth very seriously, and here's part of the prayer uh, for newborn Christians that he gave in the city of Colossae. He said, giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's Colossians chapter 1 verses 12 through 14. I want you to notice two things in this prayer. As children of the kingdom, we have an inheritance from God. Go ahead and say that with me. We have an inheritance from God. This includes eternal life and it also includes so much more. And we have to make it our business to figure out after we receive eternal life how to begin to tap into everything else that God has in store for us so that we can bring the kingdom here. I think about um, when someone passes away and they have a reading of a will. How many of you, as they were reading the will and they start off and they read the very first thing that they left to you, would stop them and say, that's okay, that's all I need to know? Not many of us, right? We would let them get through all of it. Yes, you may have inherited the home, but there's some other things in here that they wanted you to have. Don't you wanna know what they desired for you to have? Don't you wanna know what God desires for you to have? Do you want to experience everything that God has in store for you? I know I do. I know I do, and I know that it's important for us to understand that there's a process to that. It's not just that we say, I want to receive it, but then continue to live our life uh, under the world's principles. But if I want to receive it in God, I understand that I have to now, as a new Christian, now as someone who is rededicating my life to you, now as someone who wants to go the next level in my spiritual walk, recommit myself to learn your ways. And to make your priorities my priorities. That what you want, God, I want. When we begin to want what God wants, it begins to change everything in our lives. But second, notice the difference between the dominion of darkness and the kingdom of light. I want you to see something here as we close. It's a vivid image, but it's more than an image. Imagine we move about in a room that's darkened, in a room that's pitch black. We are afraid of what we might trip on. We, we're moving cautiously, fearfully even, trying to make sure that we don't drop or fall or step into something unexpected. But now consider how we move in the daylight. With freedom and confidence unafraid of missteps and falling which kind of movement describes your life in Christ which one wouldn't it be awful to have a grand inheritance of children of the light but still live life as though we are in darkness Would't that be a shame? Here's what we discovered about God's kingdom today. We enter his kingdom by new birth. It's not something that we can attain by working harder or trying to be good enough. Being born from above is the entryway the beginning of a whole new life and since we have entered a new kingdom there are new things to learn amen how foolish it would be to hold on to the values of the kingdom of darkness God's ways are not our ways. His values, not our values. And the task of discipleship is the work of learning a new way to live, turning kingdom values into practical actions. Oh, how the world will recognize The difference if only we live and move as children of the King. The world lives in darkness. They will see the light if we live like we are in the light. Say that with me. They will see the light if we live like we are in light this is the father's will for us as his children it's his joy to give us the kingdom of God it's his joy to lead us into this new way to live and as we close today consider these inspiring words of Jesus found in Luke chapter 12 verses 29 through 32 Do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. See, I have to contain myself right there because that just makes me want to run and shout. My father is pleased to give me the kingdom. I need you to let that marinate for a moment. I need you to really reflect upon the power of those words. Your father is pleased to give you the kingdom can you imagine what it would be like to leave to live free from worry receiving from the father's hand all that you need because he joyfully wants to give us his kingdom Perhaps some of us need to renew our journey in God's kingdom. We can begin again right now. Can we do that? Can we begin again right now? Some of us need to be rescued from the dominion of darkness and be born into the kingdom of light. What better day to start than today? I'm going to ask you to do something right now. I'm going to ask you to take a next step of faith. Text Excel, E-X-C-E-L, to 330-403-8088. Now, I need somebody to put that in the comments for me. And I need you to take that next step of faith. We're going to send to you a prayer of salvation. We're going to follow up with you as you begin your walk with the Lord or rededicate your life to Christ. And I want you to be able to receive that today. So go ahead, text Excel to 330-403-8088. And I'm going to pray for everyone right now. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for how you allow us to be able to not only just hear your word, but to receive your word. And I thank you, Father God, that you are beginning to work on our hearts, that we will begin to live your word. Thank you, Lord, for showing us the the awesome inheritance that we have in you and showing us how we just have only tapped the surface. Oh, God, I pray that you would give us a deep desire to continue to go deeper in you, to continue to walk farther with you and continue to be used mightily for your glory for you are great you are greatly to be praised we love you we honor you we exalt you we give you praise in Jesus name we pray amen amen